DJ. How often do we think of becoming DJs? You know, we go to a party, we're like, oh my god, that dude is so rocking, and he's just like making everybody dance. So we thought, why not get one on the episode? So this episode, we present you Dhruv. He's a DJ by profession, DJ by passion, and DJ by every other means. So let's get started. I, I have a difficult question, also, like a really difficult one. If you don't have business, if you don't have a secondary place for income. do you think financially it is it is like viable no you can entertainer they do that until and if you on the top you can how do you keep up with all the new things that come up yeah you know it's very simple you take one so we we have this thing on our podcast we like to end with like a one line question like you answer in one line if you were to go back to 2004 knowing everything that you've learned since then till now and you were to face your parents knowing all of this and tell them something what would it be i would have told them that hi my name is dhruv bhatia so i have been a dj by dj by passion and a businessman by profession So you know it all starts a long, long, long way back, right from 2004, when I actually got into the music bug, and that's how the journey begins. You know, it's a very long journey, and of course, it's a very interesting one as well. Let's take it from the beginning. Where does the journey begin? So it started off in 2004. You know, basically when. So we had a. I still remember because I had uh, completed my class ten board exams that time, and you know we were still trying to figure out what we want to do. And of course, the music bug was always always there. You know, it had already. So we had a small party at home, and then that time there weren't. Uh, so that time DJs were DJing was a very big. Uh, it was a very big aspect. You know, having a DJ at home for your party because we didn't have too many DJs around that time. So my sister had of course called in a DJ around that time, and then you know when I actually saw the equipment and everything, I got pretty fascinated by the entire thing. So I think I think my only my only question to him was you know, bro, how do you remember where your songs are and how do you actually know when to play what? So very nicely, he opened his folder and he showed me you know, okay. This is how we list our songs because that time there were CDs around that time. We didn't have pen drive and all even. So you in the era of CDs, so you know how you label your CDs and how you write your songs. So my only concern was memorizing. You know what to play when and where the songs are. That was my only concern. You know how I'm going to memorize where all my songs are. So then he showed me. You know how we list our CDs and how we list our songs and all. So then that is the day I decided. You know she. You know I told my parents I want to be a DJ. So initially they were, you know, that you know, it's okay, it's just a phase because he doesn't know what he wants to do, right? We just try, still trying to figure out. Then that was bad, ho chuka tha ki you know, I want to be a DJ and this, and I try to figure out my way ki how I want to do. So then actually during those breaks, you know, I so my dad just told me one thing that you have a break for two months, you see if you like it. And then, if you want to go ahead with it, it's fine. But of course, they weren't very happy, you know, because you come from a business family background. You know, they say, "What are you doing?" So I said, "Okay, fine, take it." Then I got to know that my dad's friend has a mini banquet, you know. So I spoke to him. So I said, "You know, whenever you have a party, you let me know. I'll just come in." So he said, "Okay, whenever we have a party, you just come down." 
So I went out there and I you know, just seeing other DJs play and you know. So then on the that year on the thirty first, I got my first party in two thousand four. So a friend offered me my first party. And imagine I we didn't have any equipment even. We just had one DVD player and one VCD player, and those faders and just do the faders up and down. And my parents were in Bombay that time, and I and I actually hit. I just told my sister that I'm going to play because I didn't want them to know, you know, that I'm pursuing with this thing. So my first thirty first, my first show was a hidden show, you know. I went, I played, and I came back. So that is the day I got my first income, even I still remember. So that's how then the journey went. So then we went school. So eleven twelve we didn't do much. I didn't play much because it was always you know. But of course in school I used to tell everyone you know that I become a DJ and uh, you know I was an entire collection. Or... But that time we had to make a lot of collection as well, you know, because that time we had to sit down, download each and every song because songs weren't available easily that time. तो रात रात भर स्कूल से वापस आके रात रात भर लैपटॉप में बैठो और एक एक गाने डाउनलोड करो एंड देन इन फर्स्ट ईयर ऑफ कॉलेज आई रिमेम्बर आई जॉइन समवन सो आई जॉइन माय मेंटर डीजे विक्की अलम दैट सो देन आई स्टार्टेड प्लेइंग आई स्टार्टेड लर्निंग यू नो हाउ टू इंटरैक्ट एंड एवरीथिंग आई स्टार्टेड लर्निंग फ्रॉम हिम बट देन ग्रेजुअली ग्रेजुअली देन इन 2009 आई थिंक 2009 देन वी देन आई हैड टू टेक अ ब्रेक फॉर अ ईयर बिकॉज़ देयर वाज सम Got more involved in business and everything, but then music thing was always there, you know, because uh, I used to regularly practice at home. I used to come over practice at home, and then in 2010, finally, then I decided that you know, my since now my business is set, I'm looking after it, so I will follow my passion as well. And then from 2010, then I got into it full time. And then it's been a beautiful journey after that. I have two questions. Yeah. One is that you've mentioned business. What is that, and what, is it still going on? And what is it now? And then the second question is that DJing in India, specifically, especially at two thousand four, two thousand nine, at that time, it is not the most glorious thing to do. Yeah. Because the the image around DJing was not as awesome as Goa is now, or like. you know the party scene now is it it has changed a lot which we will get to but what allowed you to push yourself around that around that thinking of the society like what allowed you to do take the jump so i see i had a difficult time you know convincing everyone you know because so that time you know if i tell anyone i used to tell anyone that i'm a dj they used to say you know what you're doing you're just doing time pass in your life there's nothing about it But I always had this thing, you know, if you're actually doing something, if you're following your passion, you should do it in a very, you should, you should just continue with it, and you should do it. You know, finally, if you're doing it in the right way, you reach somewhere. So that's how, because I always believe that if you follow your heart and you're doing it, so you will reach somewhere, you know, in your life. And see, visualization plays a very important uh, part in my life. You know, even so, we'll come to that later. You know, I'll tell you how we prepare for our shows even today. Whenever we prepare. But that time, even you know, I used to visualize that I'm playing at big parties, and you know, so of course, that time I didn't know what visualization is all about. But I still remember now when I think about it, you know, like constantly you've been thinking. So that time we had an image, you know, that you you have become a DJ, you have become a star. So that was the entire image around that time because you were in school, you were in college around that. But then once you actually get deep into it and you know the entire aspects and everything, so it's a, it's a beautiful ride. But of course, you you need a lot of. Uh, Effort to continue with that. 
It's not that you know you download songs and then you just go and play. There's a lot of effort and everything behind it. But that is the thing. So, what is the business that you're doing alongside so your DJ? Basically, I'm into textiles. So we are basically into your uh, garments industry where we supply all your Indo-Western wear and your shirting wear, all your raw fabrics. So we basically supply all over Bengal. We we export it. We export them. And of course, you know, this is, I've started off with a new trend of corporate uniforms. So that I plan to take it big, you know, that I plan to take it global. That's your baby. Yeah, that's my baby. <laughs> Lovely. So getting back to DJing again, from 2004 to 2010, which you say was the period that you were in school, which you were not looking at it full time. What did you do to keep in touch? How did you grow? What was your process in the initial years? And then we will move on afterwards. But what, how did you develop? If I, when I was in school, so in 2004, so that time we didn't have the aspect, we didn't know what nightclubs are all about even. So we weren't allowed or we never got the taste of going to nightclubs. So our only link to DJing was music. So my first thing was where to download music from, you know, because we didn't have, uh, so that time music wasn't very accessible, accessible or something because we didn't know where to download music. LimeWire. So LimeWire was there, Cool Toad was there, a couple of other things, yeah. But then we, so you know, that time we, we didn't know, we used to buy CDs, so that time CDs were expensive. I still remember, you know, we used to buy CDs for 200, 300 rupees. I remember the whole transition from like floppies to CDs to like actually getting like heavier CDs with more than just one album in it. And then, you know, now we don't even discuss about it anymore. You had, you had to format your CD as a optical drive or as an MP3. The MP3, MP3 could hold, the MP3, MP3 could hold, could hold yeah. 15 songs or 16 songs and the other one could hold like seven songs. I think Imagine that's what it was. This. Get this pack of motorway CDs. There used to be 10 CDs in a pack. And we used to like every, all our pocket money which we used to get. So we never used to go to restaurants and, you know, burn that out. So my interest was going and buying those stack of CDs, you know. So my entire room had stack of CDs. We have empty CDs because we used to buy, we used to get 10 CDs around that time. And that, that CD used to be around what, 10 rupees? No, that CD when in 2004 I'm talking used to be around 50 rupees a CD. Then later on it came down to 10 rupees a CD. So that entire stack used to come down to 500 rupees. Or better, you know, we used to download and even during our school days when we were studying even, so we used to download. We used to, when we were only downloading songs. When we were studying, we used to download songs and download songs. That's the case. So then college came, then college, we got our first taste of what nightclub is all about. Then we started going to the nightclubs to see, you know, how it's happening, what is happening. But of course, then you, you actually decide whether... Coming down the, the thing that you, that time you had to decide whether you wanted to be a, a private party DJ or a nightclub DJ. Because these two are different genres again. So then, then of course I couldn't give times to club because then that business what's, pressure came in. What's the difference? The difference between a nightclub and a private party is, say for a private party DJ, you are... I mean, you're the guest man. You you have to play what the guest wants, basically. Because ultimately, what I believe in, if a person's coming to my party, and if he requests any particular song, my duty is to play that song, and by the time he goes home, he's satisfied. You know? But for a nightclub, it is very different, because you have to play according to 
specific uh, BPM. You got to play according to the flow. You got to play according to you know. You can't just randomly switch songs in between. So you have to play according to every flow and every BPM that you follow. But for a private party, at times it is easier because you know when a person's coming in with any particular guest and request, and if he wants that request. You can just, you know, switch your songs or, you know, you can just play that. You know, I see that person happy when he's going back home. Can you explain BPM quickly, like for the audience? So BPM is beat per minute. So every particular song has a particular BPM. Suppose if you're playing a track which is of low tempo, that must be ranging between 90 to 110. And then if you have a particular Bollywood song that may, you know, up-tempo Bollywood song that may range between 120 to 135. And then you go down to your house music, which is again from 130 to 140 and so on. So that is every particular track has a particular BPM. So that again, then that's another technical flow because every every song has a bar. So that bar, that bar has around four beats. So you have to calculate all those four beats. So because every four to 16 beats, the bar changes. Hit the like button down there. The one that looks like this, the thumbs up button. You know, it really helps us, it'll help you, and we'll get more of them. Thumbs up, remember, click it down. You know, we, we live in a very information-filled world now. Now, right, in 2023. We are in, it, it, can't even believe it's 23 already, right? And we just go to YouTube. So, I've, we want to learn podcasting, we recommend go to YouTube, or Google search. And you want to learn how to edit video, go to YouTube. Edit audio, go to YouTube. 2004 to 2009... When you started off, that was not the case. There no. were barely any people on YouTube, if there was YouTube in India as as it is now. What was your source of information? And what do you think now the new DJs or the new aspiring DJs who might be listening to this episode, like, what do you think their source of information should be? So when I, so I, am, I am going to add to that question. DJing is also a very equipment-heavy thing. You have to yeah. have your required equipment to learn. And that right. equipment does not come cheap. So no. how did you go about that as well? So we used to hire equipment. I still remember. You know, we used to so see, rent equipment. So around that time, you know, I never said no to a show. So that time, my only thing was to play. I have gone to, I have gone to the remote of places in Calcutta to go and play so my, that time my vision was, you know, I used to hire cars and go to Barasat, go to places where, and just play around that time. So my entire thing, concentration was, you know, I want to play. So that time money was not that big a factor. You know, name wasn't that big a factor. It's like I just want to go and play. So that's how my journey started, you know, because I used to hire equipment because I didn't have uh, equipment of my own because that time equipment was expensive. I mean, they still are now, but that time we didn't have money to go and purchase it. So, and I had decided from day one that I won't take one rupee from my family where my, you know, where my passion is concerned. So, this is my baby. I want to nourish it on my own. I want to grow on my own. So, I used to, we used to hire players and we used to go and play in them. So, that's how we used to. But then, so that time we didn't have any place to practice because we didn't have a thing of our own. So that time, my only thing was used to, you know, prepare a song. So practice in our mind was going to be playing after what. And that's how the journey started. When I joined someone, you know, when I joined my mentor, DJ Wiki. So then 
that's how I got to know, you know, how you interact with the crowd and, you know, how you actually prepare your entire set. And then that's how the journey began professionally in college. Because that's how then we learned, you know, because before that, we just had one DVD player, one VCD player, we used to go and play and come. And then after that, we started hiring equipment. But then that entire flow and that entire thing was in there. But then once, then in 2010, when I actually bought in my entire player and everything. But in 2009, I had, you know, that entire thing when I had taken a break. That entire break, I had uh, practiced tremendously because then I had cut out all distractions. I used to just sit at home and practice. You know, there's, there, there's this thing, dance my puppets, right? Like, you, you get the ability to make people dance to your own tunes and your own tones and your own BPMs, right? People that want to do it now, how much capital will it take? Like, now that we are at the topic of money, how much money does it take to actually become a DJ today? Now, so it's become an entire different ball game. And see, now you've got, you've got different software, like you've got Serato coming in, you know, people... So Serato is only supported on your MacBook. So for that, you have to have a really strong MacBook and, you know, that software has to be there. And then your players are there, your equipments are there. So it depends, you know, like how you want to pursue and what you want to do. Like I still play on Pendrive, I don't use the Serato. So, so all that all depends, you know, what you actually want to do because... Now you have uh, visuals coming in. You have a lot of uh, every song that you're playing has a particular visual or a video behind. So that can only be done by software. So in today's date, if you actually want to spend, you got to spend a lot of enormous amount. Because you got to be updating yourself. You got to be, you got to be with the flow all the time. You got to know what is happening. Can you put a number to the enormity? Yeah, it depends, you know, because the equipments that have started coming in now are ranging from 1.5 to somewhere around uh, 7 lakhs. So that is the cost of the equipment now. Of course, you don't have the cost of the CDs now because you have pendrive and everything. But then, of course, then if you want to get into your software, then you have to buy a really good MacBook. You've got to buy a really good laptop. The MacBook some, must be somewhere around 2 to 1.5. So it, it's there, you know, a lot of money is involved now. So, through one thing, since we're talking about software and talking about the different softwares that are available for DJing, you spoke about beats per minute and calculating when the bar changes. How much has that changed today thanks to software? Does that still need to be done or does the software do that for you? No, that that hasn't changed, okay? So, that, so see, the concept of the song and the genre of the song are still the same. Every song has its own particular BPM. It's become much more easier now is because uh, so in our initial days when we actually started off, so that time we didn't have a BPM meter on our, uh, in our equipment. So that time we we had to calculate in our head. We had to concentrate and, you know, listen to the song and you have to calculate like, you know, every 4 or 16 beats the bar is changing. But now you have a particular digital BPM reader. So that has become really easier now. Because then that BPM, because basically... To, to mix both the songs, they've got to match the BPM right. So that particular BPM on both your players have to be, it has to be matched right. You know, so so now that has become digitally easier. So now if you actually see with technology coming in, DJing has become a lot easier than what it was during our time. 
easier comes with competitive competitive comes with more people coming in there's a lot of people coming in yeah i mean every now djing has become a mass market it's become a huge market it's become like it's like even of course you even must be hearing it you must be having so many friends who are djs or something you know that friend of yours who's always wanted to be a dj share this episode with them so they can go and do it right now they can learn how to balance passion and profession like dhruv again i i think it goes back to what you said where a lot of people are doing it and you said the reaction that your parents had that oh it's just a phase and with a lot of people it is just that because as you said there's more competition there's more people coming in you are required to be at the top of your game at the top of your tech it requires a fair amount of money so for a lot of people it sounds very great that oh you know i'm djing on the side or i'm going into becoming a dj it sounds very great but it's not i mean as i'm sure you know it and you're talking about it's not a very easy thing to do it's not but no now now i think the market has become more open people have become more broad minded so a lot of youngsters even who are coming out from college and all are opting a profession you know they they want to be a dj full time so you have so many clubs which are coming into calcutta which is great you know you have so much of opportunity now it's like an ipl you know similarly like initially when we had cricket there was there wasn't a lot of opportunities for cricketers to come down and play right so now since the ipl is coming in every person who's playing well gets an opportunity so that's how djing has become because now you you have you have tremendous amount of opportunity here so imagine the imagine the growth of the industry like right from djs to event managers to weddings taking place so during our time wedding wasn't that big when we started off now dj is like almost one of the most important things in a wedding yeah it is you know because wedding is like it is grown i like the the level of wedding has increased so much you know so every person so now now nowadays you have a four day event you have a five day event so initially we just had two day event you had the mehndi you had the sangeet and you had the wedding so now you have a five day event in which you want djs for every each and every function so you know that market has like it it boomed i feel you have a lot of uh, it of scope and a lot of thing now in today's date let's let's go to 2009 so after after you you start dj in 2004 till 2009 you start getting good and you start getting some gigs and start the ball rolling and then you get into business so what was that transition like for you did you feel like you're confined did you feel like you're jailed or were you like oh this is awesome no no when i actually started off with my business i wasn't very i i used to i mean i wasn't very comfortable with the entire thing you know of course it is like with everyone like you used to go to office from 12 to 3 12 to 4 you know and then come back home because why we had to download songs even and even in office you're constantly thinking about your songs when you're tracked and everything so it it was a difficult phase i think for a year or a year and a half or two so then what happened in 2010 how did you what led to the change so in 2010 and you know once you start going to office you get more involved in your work you get more involved in business and all so so that's what the thing then you start then you start enjoying both the world and then you realize you know yeah theek hai you know you can you can do your business as well and then yeah because acha this is a very interesting thing because people come up to me and tell me ki dude you're really lucky because you you know you following both your passion your work and your passion as well you you following both the thing and it's not difficult 
I mean, it's not it's not at all difficult because for your passion, if you actually have your passion, you just have to give it some time. So that's what happened in 2010, and I realized, you know, that you know, I mean, I'll try to give in both. I'll see how it goes. So then my thing that time was, you know, okay, if I can't join a nightclub because you know I can't give it time, so I'll see how it goes. I'll concentrate more on the private party part and the private party session. If there is a conflict between a, a time that has to be given to the business versus time that has to be given to an event, let's say a DJ event, which is prior, higher priority? Yeah. So basically, what happens is whenever. Of course, because being in a private party thing, you don't get events every day, right? So, so then we come to the preparing part that I was talking to you about. So, suppose if, like, for example, if Vishnu's given me a date, and I know so and so is my date around, so then we start preparing for that, you know, a week or two weeks prior to that, you know, what kind of songs are we going to be playing? What, what is going to be the flow? And See for me, I visualize a lot, you know. So I start visualizing and preparing before my show. You know how I'm going to be playing, and then people are dancing, and what is going to be my flow. So knowing your music and preparing your music for that particular event is very important. So you got to know the pulse of the city. You got to know what the client wants. So I was going to ask that question. So how much does the person you are playing for play a role in your preparation? So say for example. As you give, say, I've given you an event which is say two weeks from today. So, would you speak to me two weeks from today and be like, "Hey, what kind of music are you looking for?" Or would that be once you are done with your initial visualization and things like that? You know, basically, you know, initially, if I don't know you, so firstly, then we ask, you know, when is your event? Is it a day event or is it a evening flow? Of course, again, then that entire. Brunch party and that entire night night party, which I feel the music differ, you know, because your brunch party is more of easy going, and then you'll have your you'll have your retro music playing, you'll have your eighties, and you'll have your more, you know, you'll have more of loungey music around, you'll have more of brunchy music around, and then if you have if you have an evening party, then you decide your the flow of the evening, but you know how you gonna be playing. So all that plays an important, very important role. And of course, knowing your client, even you know, you, when you're speaking to your client, you'll, of course, when you're discussing music with your client, you'll discuss with them that what kind of music do you want. Suppose if they say we just want a bit of uh, instrumental and you know up tempo lounge music, something like a Buddha bar, then we play Buddha bar around the initial, you know, one one and a half hour of the party, because that initial one one and a half hour of the party is very important because that decides the face of the party. A lot of people, like for example, they want retro music at the start. You know, you got to play a lot of English retro music. So all that all decides, you know, that entire thing. So it's like a building because you're building it up, right? So that entire base and that entire foundation of the party is very important. I feel like Punjabi parties are easier to DJ. Basically, you play rail gadi somewhere in the middle, and everybody just starts running in a circle. And then you play a yeah, bunch of Punjabi like... parties. Yeah, Punjabi parties are you know of course like I'm a Punjabi, so yeah, Punjabi parties are easy. But then the Punjabi parties even they go with the flow. You know, they say now once your entire high and flow, you don't care what is being played. You just dancing to the music. Yeah, your BPM starts at one thirty. It ends up at five thousand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like going ham. <laughs> so what what has been your favorite place to place? Um, what has been your favorite place to play? Your favorite event? Like, there are a couple of places. There are a couple of events. I mean, I can't. Uh, 
Because every every event has a story. You know, every event has its own particular story. Uh, a lot of a lot of story. But but if you actually tell me, you know, my in 2010, which was my turning point, where actually you know start started building it up for uh, Buddha House, when that entire brunch party took place and that entire built up happening. So that was the return, you know. That was the first party where I was actually coming back after my entire break for a year, and then it shot up since then. I have a difficult question, also, like a really difficult one. If you don't have business, if you don't have a secondary place for income, do you think financially it is it is like viable to sustain yourself financially completely off of DJ? No, you can't. In today's day, you can't. Until unless you're on the top, of course, nightclubs are paying really well and everything's doing really well, you know. But you have your own expenses as well, and you have to have an alternate uh, line of business. That's what I feel. I mean, every person has its own individual thing, but you have to have an alternate line of business in today's date. So, what's like the best way for customer acquisition in, or in like this the best line? way of customer acquisition? How do you reach out to people and how do you build clients? Yeah, Maybe I not... feel in today. Yeah, in today's day, it's like word of mouth. And you just have to give your best into every party that you go to play. Because I feel that every good party, you, you add on to three more clients. And if you have a bad day, then you lose out on three clients. That's how, that's how I look into it. Big red button down there. Hit subscribe. Click it. Click it now. Click it. So, how do you choose on a style? There's a lot of DJs who do a lot with the mic. They'll speak a lot. They'll, you know, try to amp up people using a mic. And whatever I have seen of you, I have not seen you do that. You like a more passive approach, where you're allowing things to flow more naturally. So, how did you end up on that? Is that just the way you are as a person? Is that something you adopted? Is that something you realized? What What was that all about? So I am a person who I won't speak too much on the mic. Like if if there's any particular uh, request or any particular announcement or something, because I let the music talk for me. So for me, once I'm behind the console, I'm a very different person. So then I'm not then I'm not through bad yeah, Then I transform into someone else. Then I'm just into the flow of music and I'm just playing. And of course, you know I I don't know I've never spoken to you regarding this, but I get shit nervous before every show of mine. So every show till date, you know, I am so nervous. Like everyone in my house knows. Like two days before the, if there's a show after two days, no one's supposed to disturb me. And on the day of the show, so not at all. So it's like, it's like you know, you're so, you're so thing in your head, you know, because I I'm a very superstitious person. I need everything in place. So, so that's how I've grown with my team, even because I I have a. I have a good team, but my entire sound technicians and my entire assistants and everything for so their good team. So before every show, even they know, like my technician, you know, like my technician will come and do all the setup, setup and everything. And my entire console needs to be set. My entire equalization, everything has to be done. And once I'm behind the console, then I don't want anyone near me. It's just me and my music. And that's how that's how I follow. And that's how it's so been. Is going. that something? you always had or was it something that developed over time? Yeah, it develops over time because you grow. I mean, 
with every event, every passing event you grow. You learn a lot, you know. It's like it's like a story. That's what I just said. Because with every passing event, is you're growing. Of course, we have our own. Every DJ has its own ups and downs. They have their own difficult phases. There are phases where things aren't going right. But yeah, does it ever get repetitive? It depends, you know, because. Now, like I, if I have a three-day event, I would like to play different genres all three days. So that's how we prepare and that's how we plan. So every every event and everything has to be different. So that's how our approach is. Because you can't be playing the same songs and the same thing every day, and people get bored. So that's how we prepare, you know. And then preparation comes in as a very big aspect and a very big part in DJ. You got to be knowing your music. You got to be knowing your client. You got to be knowing what you want to be playing. Do you listen to music in off time? Yes, I have a mini studio at home, so I come in. I practice every day for one, one and a half hour to work. So that's like my, that's like my, you know, that entire stress. So that's my stress buster. So whenever I'm upset, so whenever I'm upset, I play music. When I'm happy, I play music. So that's like my stress buster. You know, every time you're tired, you come back from home. You come back home from office and all. So either you're downloading music or you're playing. So, but I. I I play a lot of music at home. What does a practice session look like? A practice session. It depends on your mood. You know what you want to be playing that day. It's just like, for example, if you're in a mood for good house music, then you're playing a lot of good house music. If you're playing retro, then you're playing a lot of retro music. No, so my question was more based around: Do you use your practice session to explore new songs and new things that you haven't done before? Or do you also have a visualization for what you're going to play when you're practicing? Or is that what are you doing? What what is what does that look like? I visualize a little a lot when I'm practicing it's because you're 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 trying out different songs, you're trying out different genres, you're trying out which song matches with which song. You know that flow. That's what I told you. Now flow is very important. So for us, you know, when we're actually standing behind the console, we're actually preparing three songs ahead of us. You know what's going to be playing one after the other. So that's how we channelize the entire thing because you're you're right. You have to be ahead of your game. You got to be ahead of what you know the crowd wants, and so basically that you got to be concentrating and thinking what you want to be playing next. But for me, when we do that, you know, we try to try to mix and match a lot of songs. You know, what could go, what can go, because there's so much of new music coming up every day and so many new remixes coming up every day. So it's it's good, yeah, because you've been constantly thinking and. So that's how we prepare. How do you keep up with all the new things that come up? Out like because there are new new music, new remixes coming up every day. Do you, is your team also a part of sending you new music? Are you the only one who looks at new music? How does that go? Also, also, I want to add to the question. I want to add to the question. So, very on very similar lines. I personally have a big issue. All the music that I'm listening to, I'm stuck like. Three years back, other than like very high pop music that is very very trendy now, it is very difficult to find good music in this ocean of music that has just you know SoundCloud. Everybody is uploading music, and YouTube music is full of new artists. How do you simplify? What's the method for like a common person like me? Yeah, you know, it's very simple. You take one, so you particular you take one DJ from every genre who's preparing good music. Who's a Who's a producer who's been producing good music for a really long time? 
producers one known there weren't too many producers how do we find them yeah so we still remember because we used to buy the cds you know we used to go to wardan market and we used to buy the cds so there so there used to be the assorted cds which used to come out so then around that time these assorted cds then we used to figure out you know which song so during our time uh, this fellow was really big himesh shamya was really big if you still remember you know because So that time you made such a memorable delivery again. Then you keep on, you know, so you got to be keep on. You got to be up with the music. You got to know what is happening around. And for your international music, of course, now you have so much of access to global music all over. So that time we did. Now that time we had Pitbull, David Guetta, and all these people. So again, Dhruv, how do you explore? What do you find? How do you par- like? How do you purge the ocean? So you got to you got to be listening you got to be sitting on youtube and you got to be like i follow a lot of uh, beatport music for my international music so i follow a lot of beatport music because beatport has a lot of uh, international djs and artists putting up the music on site then you have a lot of soundcloud so soundcloud is again you can listen to a lot of soundcloud music and for bollywood so we listen to youtube and we listen to other channels which we can to download you use your team for this or is it just you it depends you know, if if any particular see your preparation has to be on your own because you got to know your own playlist you got to know your own music you know but if there's any particular good mix that my team has or if there's any particular good mix that i could you know use so then of course we take it from them but i believe your entire playlist has to be your own because then you know at a it's like a notebook you know what is written inside I completely agree with you that I am talking more in terms of new music. Like when you are building your playlist, when you are trying to change your playlist, how much are you relying on other people apart from yourself being like, "Oh, I heard this song, this is great. Oh, I'm going to send you this song or then that 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 thing comes into place. Then that role comes into play. Of course, then we have Shazam if we go to a particular place we like the music with Shazam and download it. So, so that that comes into play. criticism feedback questions write whatever you have in the comments below we look forward to hearing from you is your family more accepting now of yeah, your yeah, now so now so they are really proud yeah. after i mean the journey yeah. because they have seen, seen the struggle and they have seen the passion so, yeah. but thankfully they never stopped me after that they they just allowed me to go with the flow and everything Because we, because during that time even we used to come back home really late after the gig, huh? 
come back around one o'clock, twelve o'clock. But yeah, I've been. Uh, they never stopped me for all that. So if we were to switch, let's see. Let's see Dhruv, the businessman now. So, what does he look like? A businessman in the sense, like if you actually, I mean, there are two different aspects. So when you're actually dealing in business, so you're dealing with a lot of fabric and you're dealing with a lot of thing. And then once you come back home, you're a changed personality and a different person altogether. So let's talk about this uniform thing that you're starting up, which you called your baby. What is that? How did you get there? What? How has Dhruv the DJ transformed into Dhruv the businessman into Dhruv now starting the new other, the another new venture? So, like we, my firm has been there for a while in Calcutta, so where uh, the garments and trading is concerned. So, we used to get a lot of these orders from people coming in from different parts of Bengal. You know, they used to come and they used to take our samples and you know show it to the clients and get these orders. And then there I saw a gap, you know, there's a there's a major gap between the buyer and between the supplier. So be, be, because of that, that so initially the margin used to be cut hold by the middlemen who were involved in between. So I saw this huge potential because you have so many restaurants, you have so many hospitals, you have so many uh, corporates. So every corporate has its own particular form of, you know, they want uniform for the staff, they want uniform for the higher executives and everything. So that is the gap which we saw and then that's how we started building it. You know? Then I started concentrating more on that. And then it's been, it's been good. We just we started off in 2020 after post-COVID. And then that's how it's been a good journey after that. So we, we have this thing on our podcast. We like to end with like a one-line question. Like you answer in one line. If you were to go back to 2004, knowing everything that you've learned since then till now and you were to face your parents knowing all of this and tell them something what would it be i would have told them that djing is a great great uh, industry to be a part of you know and it opens up to a lot of meeting a lot of new people and you know gaining a lot of knowledge and everything so it has it's, it's a great industry to be a part of